1: I'd like to say thank you to Smitty from the Fantasy Football Show and SleeperU.com for coming on my podcast for about 40 minutes and talking fantasy football. Uh, If you don't already, make sure you go check out all his pages, link in bio, and please enjoy. Welcome to the Profit Podcast, everything NFL and fantasy football related all season long with your host, Calvin Wright. I just want to talk about some of the draft. I mean, it seems like the draft was forever ago, but it's only been a yeah. week. And a lot of, okay. uh, so yeah, a lot of people are asking thoughts on the draft. Any players that, okay. you know, under, under hyped by the media that we're looking at as uh, sure. potential fantasy stars. Sure.
0: Okay. I'm ready whenever you are.
1: All right. Well, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's get into it. Uh, so starting at like quarterback position, one of the questions I've been getting is how, how many games do we think that these rookie quarterbacks are going to start, whether it's Burrow, uh, Justin Herbert, Tua, Tua Tagalova. How much do you think we'll see of them each this season?
0: Yeah, good question. And I think uh, a lot's going to depend on um, how fast, you know, these rookies can get used to their offenses. And if we don't have uh, an offseason even close to what, you know, normal rookie would get, it's not going to be the same. Mm-mm. But we're going to see a slow introduction of these rookies and maybe really slow starts, which could be in the end, good. Maybe we have less rookies hitting rookie walls. Maybe Jonathan Taylor doesn't hit a rookie wall because he's eased into it. Maybe Clyde Edwards Hilarious stays healthy when he wouldn't have, you know, who knows what, what could happen, but I, I think expecting week one domination out of any rookie is going to be uh, people are going to be disappointed if they're thinking like that. Burrow, I think is in a really good shot uh, position to, to play right away. obviously, yeah, um, so I can, really a case by, today. yeah, case by case basis, you know, everybody's going to have a different opportunity. Um, and I think Burrow is going to be shoved into the lineup, but other quarterbacks, I, you know, honestly, it's going to, it's going to depend. I could give you an answer, but until we know what kind of off season we're looking at from here, moving forward, it, it's so tough to know, but Burrow, I'm not a big Mixon fan. I'm not sure if you're high on Mixon, but I feel like the same kind of start he had in the beginning of last year, he might have again this year because of the eight-man fronts. He might see people are going to make Burrow beat them. And and he might, you know, in time, but I don't know about right out of the gate. A lot of great quarterbacks struggle here and there as rookies, you know, so it's not going to be unusual to see him not doing, you know, what we'll eventually call Burrow things. I think (laughs) Burrow will be good. But, you know, to start it out, he might be – might be learning
1: <laughs> definitely, and I was thinking about that actually the other day about drafting uh players on these teams with the rookies, because, like you said, the off season it will be different. We're not sure exactly how, but we, we know it pretty much will be different, and yeah, if they can't play preseason if they don't get the training camp experience, then drafting players with rookie like quarterbacks it may we may want to avoid drafting them and trying to buy low on them you know week four or five just like Mixon yeah. we did last year with Mixon.
0: Yeah, and even good like I'm totally no Mixon, I'm totally no Fournette. And now with today's news about the Jaguars declining his fifth year mm-hmm. team option, people are starting to get on board with the no Fournette um mindset that I've had for, you know, 3 years now. I was wrong <laughs> last year, but I was right the year before. I think I'm going to be right again, you know. Yeah. Last year he it was kind of an an anomaly year for him. The receptions he got, I don't think is Going to be something you even he's even going to come close to. Not only are they going to have a different type of offense that isn't going to throw the ball to the running back that many times, changes in Jacksonville this year, but the team doesn't want him there. They're potentially planning to move on, and and that's evident. And they might trade him still, but no one will take him. And there's a reason they won't take him. He's a locker room problem. He makes bad decisions on and off the field. They've wrote him off in January of last year and said this is it man we'll, we'll give you another chance they give him another chance went out and got that 100 mile an hour speeding ticket like immediately after which in itself is a dumb thing yeah. to call out but it shows this guy isn't taking it seriously and if the team doesn't want him there who's gonna say that he's gonna get all the work in 2020 even if he's there I'm staying clear away from Fournette in 2020 but Mixon I'm gonna be the same stance but maybe Mixon is a buy mid-season so that's a good point. I'm not going to close the door on him, but I'm certainly not drafting Mixon at like 12, 13, 14 overall where people are taking him yeah. when you know there are just safer players. It's more about me liking players better there than hating Mixon completely.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And same with Fournette. Yeah, he's been on my no draft list after he screwed me over one week when he, he missed a team photo op or something, and he, he just didn't play that week. And then injuries aside. But yeah, he... He was, I think, number five in receiving yards for running backs and number five in receptions, but also number three in drops. I think he was really kind of forced into that receiving role, and I don't see him having that productivity once again in that role as a receiver. So PPR, I think his numbers from last year were probably pretty inflated.
0: Yeah, I just think there's just so many red flags with Fournette. There's just, yeah. like I said, the, the injury history too, or the injury potential that he has. He's a big, aggressive guy. That you could say, oh well, you know he didn't get hurt last year, and but he's an aggressive runner um, that was already tagged by a lot of people as being injury prone. So you you know with his style of play, with the fact that the team doesn't even want him there, the fact that they've been trying to trade him, and the fact that he makes horrible decisions on and off the field, it's just a bunch of red flags like coming into one. Like why would you why would you risk your high second round pick on that player? But then rip on somebody for taking Pat Mahomes early at pick fifteen or something like that. When Pat Mahomes could lead the entire league in fantasy football points, yes, you could go late at QB and do some kind of cool, creative build that 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 trumps that. But my point is, Fournette is a risk. Mahomes is not. Why is that that crazy of a debate for people to take Mahomes over? Fournette, you know, so
1: yeah, Fournette. He came in 2017. He's missed nine games due to injury, and then several for off the field issues. I like the point you bring up with the quarterback because I've I've been all over the place on where were we drafting Lamar Jackson or Mahomes because you know so many people it's they learn fantasy and the number one rule is wait on the quarterback. You can get Kirk Cousins in the you know 18th round. I hate that.
0: I hate that rule. (laughs) I hate. I hate it. I fight against it every. Every offseason, every single offseason, I fight against that trend of don't draft a QB early. But I always, in that that argument, every single time, if you go back and look at anything I talk about, maybe once I've not said it or I got cut off or something, but I always try and uh, piggyback that statement that I love drafting Mahomes and Lamar early in some of my builds. I will follow that up with I also love waiting because – I feel in you know SleeperU.com, my site, I'm all about finding those sleepers. It's a university of sleepers, essentially, SleeperU. Um, and I, Pat Mahomes was my number one bull prediction in 2018. If you don't wait on a QB, you can't do that game as well. You can't play that game and, and find the next breakout. Lamar was not taken early. Mahomes was not taken early. These guys fall late. And so there's there's something to waiting on a QB. But not everybody's good at grabbing QBs late like that and, and getting that player. And if you aren't, if you struggle at the QB position, you need to recognize that. And all these people telling people that they need to draft a certain way when you don't even know what draft style best suits that fantasy owner, that's dumb blanket type thinking. You know, If you are good at landing running backs and wide receivers late, you always play the QB carousel game and get screwed then going Mahomes is a good move for your type of draft style. So both styles are, are great. You can win 100,000 different ways in fantasy football. I'm going to own Mahomes at second-round value. I'm going to ho- own Lamar at second-round value and let people laugh in my face that, oh, my God, you're some expert and you're taking a QB early. You know you're not supposed to take your QB early. And I say, who says? You know <laughs> Because you have data that supports both avenues, Like and I will be a guy taking Kyler Murray – if, he, if I should get so lucky and he falls to round five or six, I will take Kyler Murray, which will be similar impact as Lamar had kind of last year, but at a little bit higher price tag, but still a price tag that can explode from that draft value. So Watson late Aaron Rodgers is written off by everybody and their mother, and he could go at round nine or 10 in some drafts where people hate Aaron Rodgers. And I'll take Aaron Rodgers all day and a wait on a QB strategy. So I love playing it all. I play it about, God, I think I'm at like 15 leagues already. <laughs> um, and it sometimes that doesn't get fun for me because then I can't set lineups. And, and I end up losing that league because I just can't keep up with it. So yeah. sometimes I get myself in trouble. But I, I try out enough approaches and I keep doing that so that I can test a certain build and tell people, hey, I actually love this strategy. I love my team. And then I can build content on it. So there's a rhyme and reason to all the leagues I do, uh, and you'll see me owning quarterbacks early, late. I'll do all of it.
1: Now, who's your favorite late round quarterback? That that besides we know everyone's talking about, you know, Lamar Mahomes, Kyler Murray is kind of the big three. Is there a quarterback that you think may fall? even farther than, you know, rounds five, six, seven, that could potentially be sort of a league winner, maybe not on the scale Mahomes was or Lamar, but could potentially have that huge impact.
0: So we're talking about um, redraft, I assume. So I'm going to say that that there aren't quarterbacks to that, like at that caliber in this 2020 pool. There there isn't a Lamar hiding that I I feel is like Lamar-like. Kyler Murray is that, but he's ranked number three or four, Mm -hmm. so you can't really use that. But his ADP is still very, very good to where he can, like, you know, explode from it at at sixth round, fifth round, whatever. Um, But I think the one QB or the couple QBs, Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, I think could be potentially top six overall this year. Um, You don't have to pay that, so nobody go drafting him as a sixth-taking quarterback. I'm just saying he has that kind of upside. I'm not sure Locke does. He has the opportunity to. I don't know if he has the talent to. But like with Jameis Winston, you'd rank, um, you know, midseason on from last year once you accepted that Godwin was a top five wide receiver. If you were doing any kind of weekly rankings, uh, looking forward rankings, you would have Godwin five or four or five or whatever. You'd have Evans six or five. And then you'd have Winston like eight or 10. (laughs) You'd be like, why can't I rank Winston higher when he's got two top four, top five wide receivers? (laughs) I feel the same way about Locke right now, but I'm not going to call him a bust or anything. I'm just kind of want to wait and see type approach with Locke because I feel I, I don't know what's in store for him. I know he's got all the weapons in the world but he's not one of those players, but he could be for other people. I could see them saying a but Daniel Jones, for one, Aaron Rodgers is not the typical name I'd throw out because mm-hmm. he's, he's a well-known commodity, but he's falling so late to QB 10, QB 11. In some cases like that to me is, is a weirdly trapped um, breakout <laughs> or <laughs> undervalued player because yeah, I mean, the bottom line great. is he's, he's undervalued like it doesn't matter if he's old or a hot commodity or whatever in the past. Like he's, he's being looked at as a risk and, and washed up and he's 36 years old. He's not 42, 43, 44. He's 36, you know, and they did a bad job drafting. Yeah. They should have got him a wide receiver. I, I don't understand that, but Lazard, the lizard's pretty good. <laughs> um, Aaron Jones, D, I mean, getting D uh, uh, Dylan, is, Dylan is, is a pretty good, Solid football move. It hurts the value of Aaron Jones quite oh, a bit, yeah. but, but, but having Dylan there, having Aaron Jones returning, you know, he might get vultured some, but having Devonte Adams, having Lazard, that's still a really good core group of weapons. So if anyone's going to say they don't have anybody, I don't understand. I don't understand that argument at all. Like there yeah. are teams that have less than that where the quarterbacks are dominating and no one's saying the same thing to that quarterback. So I don't get that. It's just a really good running back, <laughs> really amazing wide receiver, and and an okay wide receiver too, with an awesome backup running back that can salvage any kind of injury that might hit the you know Aaron Jones in that starting lineup. Like, where's their lack of talent? I don't get it. Aaron Rodgers, I think, going back up.
1: Yeah, I I would agree with that, and a lot of people have just kind of completely. It's it's strange because they haven't forgotten about him. They've just seemed to forgotten what he's capable of fantasy wise, and even his numbers they aren't. It's not like he's having bad seasons. <laughs> even last year, he wasn't a bad quarterback.
0: Yeah, I mean Adams was hurt. They revamped their offense, reshaped it, it reshaped it to be a run heavy offense mm-hmm. because it didn't have Adams. It had Lazard as the number one. It had you know spotty wide receivers. Given if you take Adams out of the equation, but uh, they were thirteen and three.
1: Yeah, you know they were (laughs) a Super
0: Bowl contending team, and and somehow Aaron Rodgers failed people. I don't I don't understand. It was a weird year, and I think he'll be fine. And no, Jordan Love doesn't concern me for the now. Yeah, Uh, I like him a little bit, but I I, he's not going to take he's not going to supplant Aaron Rodgers, who has, in my opinion, and I've watched the footage on it. I'm not just speaking from a place of of uh, nostalgia. He is a—he's still the same player, and he's only 36 years old. Like, you don't drop off at 36 as a, as an elite quarterback like that. Yet, you can still do it. You can still do big things for two, three more years.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Now, now before we get into the draft, some of our favorite picks from the draft, I wanted to ask real quickly about uh, Deshaun Watson because I feel like a lot of people have just almost written him off because Hopkins is gone. Do you think he will still be able to? put up really great fantasy numbers without Hopkins. They do have David Johnson there. Not sure how much that helps, but do you think he's pretty much, you know, his heyday is over for now at least, or do you think he could still provide very solid fantasy numbers?
0: Very solid. Um, and he, he's dropped from, you know, what would probably have been fourth or third round value to some people, depending on your league. Some some people don't draft QBs till round five or six. It depends on your league. So whoever's watching and they're flipping out going, uh, Mahomes goes in the top five. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, you're in a homer league or a league where, you know, you, literally everybody's taking quarterbacks in the first round, like that's unusual, you know, or if people are in a league where no one takes a quarter, like that's unusual too. The ADP is the ADP. There's a reason why Mahomes has a, a late second-round ADP. There's a reason why Lamar has a late second-round ADP. On average, people are taking those QBs there. Watson was in the third to fourth-round range in general, uh, and now I think he's falling to five or six, mm-hmm. sometimes seven. It's weird. We don't really have a good feel of ADP yet because the, the off season has been crazy. Um, I know I feel like a lot of these these fantasy sites that did create a lot of good ADP data, they're not yet updating things properly. Uh, they might now that the rookies have been taken, but I I think that at six, seven round value, you're looking at a, one of the steals of the draft because to me, he's like Russell Wilson, the wide receivers have evolved, but he still produces the stats. He runs a ton. Um he isn't dependent on a wide receiver like I think an A-Rod is. He's more of a – he's going to utilize the weapons or that he need, that he has around him and get a lot of running. still can throw three TDs without having an Adams there. Would I have liked Hopkins to stay? Absolutely. Would I have liked CeeDee Lamb to have landed there for the long term? Absolutely. But Cooks um, is a pretty good wide receiver, and if he can stay healthy, he'll do good yeah and fuller's really good he just always gets hurt um it's a decent wide receiver crew it's not horrible it's it's decent there's no superstars but watson will get a lot of damage done on the ground and i think that if you want to rank dak if you want to rank russell wilson ahead of watson i'm okay with that obviously kyler Murray, lamar and mahomes are ahead but after russell wilson and dak maybe tom brady and redraft and people got mad about that a month and a half ago saying that that was insane because I've had Brady, in my top seven, all pretty much off season. And, and now everyone's kind of getting on board with that past that though. Like you could argue Deshaun Watson's, you know, four or seven, but yeah. I I personally have him right above Dak still in fantasy. And I know that might not sit well with some people given all the weapons Dak has, but, I think I think Wilson and Watson are kind of interchangeable right
1: at four. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Now, so let's get into our draft because a lot of people have uh, been asking, uh, what, what what's your favorite, or not favorite, but what are some running backs or just one or two running backs that, you know, weren't as hyped, maybe didn't go first round, but you think could have fantasy impact, very solid fantasy impact even this year?
0: Um, I mean, you, I'll start at the very bottom and say McFarlane could do well if he give, gets a shot. Uh, you know, Benjamin, I don't know that he's going to get a shot, but if, let's say, something happened to Chase Edmonds, he would be the handcuff to have with Drake in and, and that offense. He'd do well. Zach Moss, uh, if Singletary went down, I think Moss would have a tremendous amount of value for a short period of time. I don't know if he's a long-term answer in the NFL. Um, could just be one of those, like, really good situations that happen for him. But honestly – right up to this point I'm not like super amped about any of these guys I think there's Mm -hmm. reason to be cautiously optimistic to to get anything out of any of those guys ever Uh, I think right here after that you're talking about about number seven overall for my rookie rankings AJ Dillon and Keyshawn Vaughn so these two running backs are the only two running backs that are right below Akers Swift Dobbins Taylor and, and Edwards Hilaire so you're really looking at just two guys, in my opinion, that have what you're talking about. Really huge upside, maybe. And we're, we're kind of drafted late, kind of under the radar currently in a lot of fantasy rookie-only drafts. But Keyshawn Vaughn. Now, could there's rumors that – the Bucks want Fournette. I think those could get shot down by the end of the night. Yeah, or it could happen. Who knows? You know, DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins getting traded to my Cardinals. Where? What state are you in?
1: Uh, I live in Kentucky, so I okay. don't. But I'm born in Green Bay, so I, I'm a Packers fan. But yeah, Cardinals—they're my second favorite team. I cheer okay. for them.
0: So I'm in Arizona. So okay, after Hopkins landing here, I anything's possible, man. So Fournette, <laughs> Fournette could either get cut tomorrow and not signed by anybody like Winston. Uh, Struggle to get signed, or he he could sign with with the Buccaneers or get traded to the Buck. I mean, who knows? But uh, I think that Vaughn, for now, unless there's a change in running back situation there, Vaughn has really really sneaky good, you know, maybe running back two potential that you won't have to pay that kind of price tag. But he has that kind of like you know, hey, he could rise up and be a real find in fantasy football. Um, and and Dylan. Dylan will be dependent on, I think, a couple things. Will they give him the vulture-type work right away or at least by midseason? Then he, you're looking at a running back that even if he had 400 yards, he could have like eight touchdowns in that offense. They, I mean, yeah. Aaron Jones scored 19 last year. <laughs> I don't think they'll do that again, but they clearly aren't afraid to run the football. And I think that A.J. Dylan, if Aaron Jones went down, which is not that unlikely of a scenario, this is a lazy guy that I had in my top six bold predictions for 2019 um, and said he'd have a breakout year. But I only said that because this is the, that was the first off season he ever took seriously, got ripped. He got shredded. He was completely oh, yeah. ripped. And that to me was like, okay, here's a guy that has all the talent in the world. Finally taking an off season seriously. He's bulked up, which I, I normally don't like a running back to bulk up changing their body style and, and the way that they play. But this wasn't working for him before that i'm like this is this change has to be positive and i've liked his talent for a while but coming off of that successful prediction and big year on aaron jones i'm back in the okay we're in COVID 19 uh conditions right now no oversight no guidance from coaching i don't know personally because i've tried to dig around on this how well he's staying in shape but I can imagine that a guy that has been lazy for a long time, a guy that the team doesn't, whatever, for whatever reason, want to lean on him as the future. And you ask that coaching staff over and over, is Aaron Jones the guy? And they're like, no,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: we're going to go get another running. Like, There's something going on there that they don't believe in him you know, to be consistent or the guy that they can lean on. And so for me, I feel like A.J. Dillon's quietly, because you're going to, in redraft, get him for nothing. In Dynasty, you can still get him at, like, late second-round value. I got him in a third round in one league. I, I paid 2.01 or 2.03 value in another draft that, because I reached for him, and I'm like, I don't know if he's going to come back around. So I took him away probably way too high. But I feel like this is a guy in Dynasty and a redraft that could literally win your league if he's starting games for the Packers because Aaron Jones, who can't stay healthy in the past, gets hurt because he doesn't take this offseason – seriously or isn't conditioned enough um so those are my two you know acres swift dobbins taylor Edwards, Hilaire are obviously above those guys but but honestly not by much on acres and and i get a lot of hate for my my acres doubt but there's definitely reasons why i don't love acres yeah the 2020 and beyond
1: now, uh, a couple more. Lynn Bowden, I, I haven't heard really anyone mention him, but like I said, I'm from Kentucky. I got to watch him play almost every week. And, I mean, his college career, it was very weird. We've had literally no quarterback. We had games where we threw the ball like four times. So it was a very run-heavy team with Benny Snell in years past. Now, this past year, he stepped in as quarterback due to injuries. He didn't play or start that many games it was like eight or nine and rushed for over a thousand yards and he's on the uh, the Raiders now and they've deemed him as a running back instead of wide receiver which is his original position and I'm wondering what type of value do you see him having in PPR leagues could he have a role like Austin Eckler because he's a great runner but his original role was as a wide receiver up until last year do you do you think he's fantasy relevant at all or are you just not paying attention to him? We'd you know, there.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't um, – let me pull up his game log or his, uh, his news and see what they're even saying about him because a lot of it depends on what a team, um, you know, is thinking when they draft these guys because mm-hmm. hybrid roles and slash-type players are are more times than not never in a secure full-time position, either a wide receiver or running back. It's hard to come out of college without like a refined set of skills that you literally became an expert in that craft and come into the NFL where people are just, it's what they do for a living. It's a whole nother talent level. Heard, Heard in San Francisco would be another like example of that. Um, like will Herd ever become, you know, an elite anything? No, he's a utility guy. He kind of, I kind of feel the same way about this guy, but I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't say that he couldn't, Find a role but you know um, I just don't know this is the kind of player that you could like a ton based on talent and then he gets cut you know yeah. or something like that so I, I'll leave this one to you because you seem like you've dug into it and seen it firsthand I honestly don't know enough about him to to say one way or the other other than I don't really feel like he's on my radar but I'll give it a look uh, and, and let you know if I change my mind
1: all right thanks and I'm not sure how much time is left on these Zoom calls, but I thought I'd let you uh, talk about your favorite wide receiver seems Denzel Mims, uh, because he's still pretty unknown by a lot of people, especially those who aren't, haven't been following along the off season. So do you just want to talk about Denzel Mims, what you see in him and if you like this landing spot on the jets?
0: I, yeah, I do like it from the perspective of volume. There's no competition really. Um, they're going to be playing from behind in the third and fourth quarter. He should mature quick quickly. Even though I said a lot of these rookies will be eased in, he might be one of the, the top rookies that won't be because of team need. And so by pure volume, he should have one of the better rookie wide receiver seasons, if not the best. And he was my number three ranked rookie wide receiver, but with the constant reminder to everybody watching my content that he could be the number one, like I love him that much best catch radius in the in the entire draft class in my opinion most NFL ready in terms of dominating and getting physical with defensive backs and to know that skill and to have an innate innate ability to utilize your strength your aggression your spatial awareness like to manhandle defenders it'll make the transition into the NFL with with better DBs a lot easier for him and 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 I always say this Whenever I get talk when I talk about Mims, that a lot of people will say he's either gonna get called for pass interference <laughs> on every single play at the NFL level, or he's already doing things that Hopkins does really well and in terms of just controlling space around him and using his hands. But he'll literally, you know, all the way down the field just you you know push off and but <laughs> does it in a way that, that that you see NFL players do it and have success yeah. with it. Just creating separation, using his body. There's something you can't teach somebody at least very easily. Uh, as a wide receiver and that spatial intelligence you know like Michael Jordan had it in basketball the ability to just use his body against like momentum to you know get himself closer to the basket and things like that there are NFL wide receivers like Calvin Johnson and and a a, you know list I could go on and on that knew how innately to control a sideline and a player and And I feel like Mims in like when I watch his film, he innately knows how to dominate space around him and manipulate the different things going on around his catch radius. And it's just, I feel like he's playing a game of Frogger whenever he's on the field, just going in traffic different than anybody else's film. So if you haven't watched Mims's footage, go on YouTube, watch a lot of his footage. It's like Frogger. And he always ends up at the other side in the end zone. Um, so I'm excited about him. The volumes there, Sam Darnold, I'm not excited about, but <laughs> I had A.J. Brown as my number one ranked wide receiver in January uh, before his rookie season unfolded, and I moved him down because of the landing spot. And, and I don't know that I want to make that same decision here, hating Sam Darnold for the future and compromising my, uh, my assessment of the talent level mixed with there's still opportunity, whether you like the quarterback or not quarterbacks can change really quickly. No one thought Tannehill was going to be what Tannehill currently is today, which is a good NFL starter, not an amazing, amazing quarterback, but he's a good quarterback that they like that fits very well. We already know it meshes well. AJ Brown's now, I think, and he's top five to seven wide receiver bound. That's my opinion on AJ Brown. Mims. I'm going to say talent's going to win out. Something develops or dartle gets better. Uh, so I, I, am liking him as the third ranked wide receiver. You, I could argue too. I don't know how I feel about Judy yet. I think talent could win out there. Talent could win out with CD lamb. They're both in kind of weird situations that are very hard to like even break down, uh, Judy, you know, how can he, unless Locke becomes a, a monster, how can he get the volume he needs with Sutton who I think isn't as good as Judy, but he's damn good. Yeah, and fan in a running game and they run the ball a ton and, and PPR Melvin Gordon's going to steal a lot. So it's hard to imagine Judy having a monster consistently good rookie year. I think he'll have a huge game. Give us a little dose of what we're going to maybe see in three years from now. Um, CD lamb, same thing, but I think Mims is the guy that's going to be able to show it a little bit faster.
1: Yeah. I'd agree with the Judy one. Just if you believe Judy's going to, you know, put up great numbers and Cortland Sutton and Melvin Gordon and Noah Fant, then you got to believe that Drew Locke is going to also, you know, support like four different great offensive options. And I just don't see Drew Locke being ready to do that fantasy wise.
0: Yeah. I, and I'm not saying he won't. I'm just nowhere near saying that he will. So I'm kind of just like, I'm not trying to play a, play coy with the questions when people give me that question. Cause sometimes I don't have an answer, man. Sometimes I, I don't want to just say yes or no every single time someone asks me something. I don't know. I don't have a feel on lock. So I'm just going to scoot back, watch him a little bit, and maybe I'm late to the party, but at least I'm, I'm approaching it right for me. And I'm not ready to call him anything yet. I just got to see more. The only thing I know he knows how to do is rap on the sidelines. <laughs> and, uh, you know, last time we got excited about a quarterback with his, his crazy off-field antics, it was Baker Mayfield. And you can trick me once, but you can't trick me twice lock get your head in the playbook uh, and start uh, you know pick up a phone and talk to the talk to the guys <laughs> yeah. upstairs about the last play instead of uh, popping off some of your your favorite songs that I that's a that's a dumb way to look at it but I'm honestly just uh, I'm just waiting to see more from him and that's not that's not showing me more lock yeah, give me I more.
1: Agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy antics on sideline off the field. It hasn't historically worked out. Amazing. We got, you know, Johnny Manziel, Baker Mayfield. It just, it shows something in the players that there are other things they value. I mean, even if you yeah, like, last year, he, it's six different mustache styles in a game. Like think of,
0: I mean, I know people are going to say this is really dumb observation of you, Smitty. And oh my God, is this how you evaluate talent? <laughs> You're looking at a guy that's on the sideline rapping a song. I like that song, Smitty. <laughs> like I get that that's dumb and it's not why I'm, <laughs> predicting you know uh or worried about him i guess but it's it's one small thing that i noticed in baker distraction not focused like do you see aaron Rodgers doing that uh and have you in the past does pat mahomes do, no pat mahomes is focused on the game like so i mean it's a dumb thing but like i'm even hesitant to bring it up because i feel like people are just going to look at it in a, in a dumb way but honestly it bothers me it bothers me why is Locke? you know, not more, why is he sitting by himself rapping <laughs> instead of like absorbing the game? And, and you know, like it, it honestly, it, it does, it does make me mad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, there's something to be said about looking at players as people and not just numbers on a page and stats and kind of evaluating, like you said over there in Jones, just in the off season, he's been lazy and kind of getting a feel of who they are as a person, what they value. And because I mean, you're right. Tom Brady, he, we've never seen him doing anything like that. No, he's focused. Yeah. He's deflating
0: footballs (laughs) and he's focused on the clipboard. And the other thing is, you know, like I, yeah, I just, Baker Mayfield just left us out. And I was, I was a believer in him. I'm going to admit, I I thought this is going to all come together. You know, I thought similar to Locke, Mm -hmm. the weapons were there. Like, even if I'm kind of wrong on Baker, he's going to have to do well. Winston did well, even though we knew Winston was half garbage, half just a, a robot that just throws immediately. Like he throws another ball before the the other ball even hit the ground. That's not fair. He says he can't see up.
1: street signs with his eyes. Well,
0: yeah, well, just, just because I get the cast off my left hand doesn't mean I got to throw the football with my left hand. So we'll see how, how much that affects him in a good or a bad way. Maybe that's why he could throw the, the touchdowns, you know. I don't know. Yeah. But – We'll never know because he's not – well, we won't know for a while because he's not a starter. Yeah, but, yeah. But, I, yeah, Locke, I, I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait and see how seriously he takes things. And, and it's just hard for me to imagine. <laughs> I, you know, the top quarterbacks take the game seriously. And Joe Mixon's on, like, lives drinking and partying and stuff too. So that's yeah. another, you know, you could say, oh, Smitty's dumb. He looks at the live video and decides who he likes. No. There's a lot of reasons Joe Mixon's a big risk. One of them is that he he feels like he is not taking – he makes bad decisions. And if you want to say that it's dumb for me to talk about what he did way back in the day where he leveled that woman <laughs> oh, in that restaurant and say that's in the past, let it go. No, it's not. His decision-making is kind of transcendent through his career, like especially like in the offseason right now. I, I don't think – he's doing what he needs to do to stay in shape and, and take things seriously. If he's constantly on Instagram live partying, I don't know. That's, that's a dumb, do- it's a dumb stance all by itself, but I think it means a whole lot when you couple it with everything else.
1: Yeah. I followed Mixon uh, like uh, maybe a year ago because I was a fan of his and every other day he's doing Instagram lives driving and dr- it just, he, he's, I never seen a live of him working out. He's just, it seems like he's got other things on his mind. And even we saw, I know the quarterback situation in Pittsburgh was horrible, but with Juju smith Schutzer, he was, you know, doing these YouTube videos where he's crashing people's proms, you know, just up until a couple of weeks before the season. And you, you do start to see a pattern where decision-making how seriously yeah. they take things. It does start to influence what they do. That's on a, the field. It's a good
0: point about Juju, you know, um, I think a lot of his downfall was Ben Roethlisberger because he just completely, he gets removed from the offense. The offense just crumbles. Um, but he did have a lot of fires going in fantasy football related with his draft with the draft app and all these different things. Like it, I, I wonder why the team didn't step in and say, look, you know, focus on football. So that does concern me a little bit with Juju. I think he could be a big bounce back candidate in 2020, but you know, I'm going to keep an eye on what he's doing in the off season because you know, he better be working out and training, <laughs> you know, and I know Alvin Kamara got hurt kind of a bad example from last year but that guy is a worker you know he's, he's oh, yeah. standing on a on a balance like a rubber ball balancing like weights and stuff like that like that's how I want my that's how I want my fantasy players to be treating the offseason I know I would I know I'd just be digesting film eating my three meals a day in the facility I know they can't right now and just playing myself in Madden over and over <laughs> and over like a focus on the game
1: yeah well, uh, yeah, we're running out of time. The Zoom thing shuts off. So, thank you once again for coming on. It's great talking to you. Definitely, you know, like you said, a dinosaur in the industry. So, thanks for coming on and talking, sharing some of your knowledge. It means a lot.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh, maybe we'll jump on an Instagram live soon, talk a little bit more. Go get Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Don't buy into the early, it's going to be Damian Williams. Uh, you know, it could be it it might be and it might it should be you know to start week 1 to ease this guy in especially with the rookies but Clyde Edwards-Hilaire I feel like he's MJD 2.0 and and I'm just so excited about this guy playing for the Chiefs so who's your who's your number 1 breakout that's my that's mine across the board dynasty redraft I want Clyde Edwards-Hilaire shares I like Drake and Eckler too but but
1: Re- redraft I got my eyes uh DeAndre Swift with carry Johnson carry can't stay healthy. And it's one where I think we could see, you know, a tandem carry probably going to get the bulk of the workload early on. But if carry goes out for a significant amount of time, especially back half of the season, you could have DeAndre Swift in a workhorse role for a big chunk of games that could really push you into that playoff if you can draft DeAndre Swift very late, maybe in free agency.
0: Does it worry you that they can't produce running backs there? Do you think it's just the fact they haven't had the right one because they you know going back to Abdullah and and carry on and the fact that they I think they do share they have a sharing tendency at the running back position that worries me, but I think Swift, if there's an open door there, there's opportunity there mm-hmm. um, it, I could definitely see it happening
1: so yeah, obviously Detroit worries everyone, but i I, yeah. I could see Swift having a good role if carry on goes down.
0: Yeah. They, I mean, they might just move over to Swift mm-hmm. even with a healthy carry on. I mean, carry on hasn't, uh, hasn't been what people thought, but it could be Detroit is I guess my concern, <laughs> but we'll yeah. see.
1: All right. Well, thank you. I'll see you next time. All right, man.